On February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass student Maura Murray drove from her dorm in Amherst, Massachusetts to the White Mountains of New Hampshire. At approximately 7.27 p.m., Maura spun out her 1996 Saturn on a hairpin turn on Route 112 in North Haverhill. There has never been a credible sighting of Maura since. Maura is 5 foot 7 inches tall. She weighs 120 pounds, and she has brown hair and hazel eyes. If you have any information regarding Maura's disappearance, please submit it to us, the Murray family at Direct at gmail.com, or the New Hampshire State Police Cold Case Unit. This is Missing Maura Murray. Welcome back to Missing Maura Murray. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm doing well, Lance. For this episode, we speak about Brandon Lawson, the disappearance of Brandon Lawson with case advocate and family advocate Jason Watts, as well as his dad, Brandon's dad, and his ex, Ladessa. It was incredible to speak with Brandon's mom, his dad, Bradley, Ladessa, his wife, and see his kids. Uh, a couple of his boys came on. That was really uh, touching, but I get a big smile on my face when I think about this episode because of all of the positive energy this family has, and uh, they're not allowing this to beat them down. And it was it was incredible to see Ladessa and, and Brandon's parents interact. They still get along. They still put all their energy into finding out what happened to Brandon and and they're not losing hope and probably one of the best conversations that we've ever had on on this Get Vocal True Crime Thursday night. And we did this live on Get Vocal. We do these live shows every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And we recorded this on November 19th, 2020, which was one day after Brandon Lawson's 34th birthday on November 18th. And for anybody who's not aware, he's missing since August 8th of 2013 from San Angelo, Texas. He is a white male, five foot, nine inches, 230 pounds. And if you have any information, please contact the Coke County Sheriff's Office at 325-453-2717. Okay, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. Of course, we are celebrating Brandon Lawson's birthday tonight. Uh, his uh, 34th birthday was yesterday on uh, November 18th. And uh, we are here being joined by Brandon's dad, Bradley, and by case advocate, Jason Watts. How's it going, fellas? Going good. It's just another night in Texas. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with us Um yeah, we really appreciate the time, and uh, we know this is, uh, I'm, I'm sure, an emotional uh, time of year. It is. It is very much so. Can you tell us a little bit about Brandon? 
we didn't have the privilege of knowing him, but you obviously did. Would you mind telling us a little bit about who Brandon was? Um, Brandon was a very spontaneous, outgoing boy, young man, uh, grown man. Uh, he was, uh, I think him and I had so much in common because we never met anybody that we couldn't be friends with or wanted to be friends with. And we don't like for conversation when we're out in public or anything. We're not very shy. Brandon was uh, a fearless uh, boy. When he came up, he started playing football when he was four and a half, five years old and, and playing baseball. Uh, he, uh, he was playing. He, had went to school at Greenbrier Elementary School in, in South Fort Worth. He tried out for the team. The coach told him there was a very likely chance he would make it because he was only eight years old in third grade and tried out for the football team, and he made it, and he started on defense. And then the next two years, he quarterbacked them to what would have been the city championship. And they, even though they fell short both years, uh, Brandon had an incredible arm. He was a very gifted athlete. Uh, very good student, very smart, very, very intelligent. He was just, he was just a, he was a real, real good boy. And uh, growing up, he, you know, he, as he got older, you know, he got more stubborn. I, I like to say that was, he took after his mom in that respect, but we all know that's probably not true. So, uh, Careful. Was, I, right yes, I know. <laughs> I can feel the daggers, but uh, no, Brandon, uh, Brandon was very outgoing. He loved life. Uh, he uh, he was just everything he did. He he did all the way. I I, I you mentioned uh, Brandon's Brandon's mother, uh, your wife. She is perched behind you, sort of like a an angel on your shoulder, right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> how's it going? Good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Tim said we'd never actually met obviously we hadn't we've we've never met him but you're you are the spitting image of him I'm you look just like him yes and as does the the little uh boy I, I got a little quick story for you for instance we went hunting we went I'm deer sure we went deer hunting last weekend and uh my grandson Nolan which is Brandon's oldest boy and he goes every year and like we will we will Thanksgiving weekend but we got to the gas station and got out, and I was getting gas. Well, we walked up, and he, I let him get something out of the side box there at the station. And the lady, the people at the gas station know me because I drive a company truck and my regular truck and gas there all the time at Kroger. And uh, the lady, come on, loud speaker, and said, oh, look, you brought your mini-me today. And I, I said, well, this is my grandson. Uh, but, yes, we're, we all heavily favor each other. Very much so. We have a um, we have someone in the message area, uh, Brock. Um, by the way, this message area, th this is sort of the Crawl Space family. They join us every Thursday night. They follow all of the shows, but this is where everybody can come together and they all talk. And um, it's it's a really good uh, like uh, family that that we've come to depend on every Thursday night. But Brock uh, said photos of Brandon always show a zest for life, and that is such a great point. Every time Tim and I work on a case where there's a missing person and you type uh, that person's name into Google, you'll find something that's like, 
the the car or you know the scene or something like that when you type brandon's name in it's always the pictures of him with his family smiling he's he's the the picture of him fishing you know he's so happy he caught that fish like there's always there's those are the first pictures you see is that pretty indicative of how he lived his life does just like a zest for life yes i'd I'd say so Uh, he wasn't a he wasn't very much of a of a downer person. He didn't. Uh, we're not. We're we don't. We didn't raise our children or anything else in a very negative uh, part in life. We we liked everything to be upbeat and and happy. You know, even though there are some sad times and you you have to get through those. But for the most part, we're we uh we're a very upbeat and and never failed to say I love you. That's and that was a, something that really. We, we brought out in our children and, and the rest of our family and everybody around us. But Brandon was really, really into life. Brandon loved life. That's that's what's so hard about all this, you know, with, with him missing is that, you know, just the, the loss of space there is just, uh, it's it's very, you know, to form on, on how, you know, I can lay just like last night, his birthday. I dream half the night. Every every year it never fails, and it's about it's about him. It's you know, and I I thrive and and <clears throat> why well, I, I I thank Jason every every time I talk to Jason or we message each other, I let him know how much I appreciate all his effort and time and everything that he puts in because you know this not a lot of people pick up the torch and do stuff like this and Jason's been here every step of the way with us. And we love Jason like a family member, you know, and, and we, you know, he's a very, 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 very good guy, very humble person. And it's just good for us to have somebody like that on the on the case trying to help us with this. And when did you meet Jason? How far back do you do you go? Hmm. I would say um, I'm not sure the first time I, I can't hear anything. The first time, I think it was at the candlelight vigil. That first candlelight vigil, that, and it was like a month or two after we went missing. Yes, uh, yeah, that was that had to be uh, the the very first one. I was trying to think back to the teenage years, but I don't I don't recollect seeing Jason then. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't get to spend much time with Brandon outside of high school. So yeah, that, yeah, that that doesn't. And then at his high school, I mean, when when we talk about his high school and stuff, he was. He was pretty. I mean, when I ran a lot, but he was a uh, Brandon was as they refer to in Texas. He was a jock. So, and uh, really, I mean, Brandon wasn't so much a jock because he hung around everybody. I mean, he was he was a social person. Brandon loved sports. Don't get me wrong, and he thrived at sports and everything. But his his mind didn't stop at at sports sports people personalities. He liked different types of people and different type. You know, if he saw somebody in trouble, he helped them. If he saw somebody struggling, he helped them. You know, and he always had a laugh. I mean, he's he was a very, very, very big character. <clears throat> he wasn't afraid to voice his opinion about things if he were doing somebody wrong or anything either. In that respect, and uh, like I said, even from the time he was six years, about four, five, six years old, stepping on the field when he first. Excuse me. Filled out in pads, he was fearless when it come to hitting or or taking up for somebody or 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 standing up for his own self or anybody else around. That's just how that was just his personality. That's how he was. 
I can personally attest to that because that's, you know, really how I became acquainted with, with him was, you know, I've said this several times, uh, when you're a very skinny 96 goof pound goofy looking kid, you're an easy target for the, some of the schoolyard, uh, ruffians. And, uh, I can remember one time I was getting uh, quite a bit of flack and Brandon stepped in and he's had my respect ever since that. Wow. Can can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, Yeah. this is a, this happened. Well, I, I can remember one time, uh, again, it was a day I was catching flack and I got smacked into a locker pretty hard and I fell down, my crap went everywhere. And I remember looking up and there's this hand outstretched and I didn't know it was Brandon until I looked up and he took my hand. He picked me up off the ground. He said, Hey man, don't even worry about that. that. Those people never win in life. He picked me up, dusted me off, handed me my stuff back and said, man, we'll, we'll see you later. Don't let that crap bother you. And, uh, That, uh, that that's the person I'm trying to fight to to help bring home, you know. That's the kind of guy he was. There's that's... been a lot of things said, and 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 you know, there's we don't we don't pay attention to a lot. You know, I go on Brandon's page and I read stuff and everything, and and I will say for 88 to 90 percent of it is very good. But, you know, you got that 10% out there that's got their own thoughts and their own things that they got and they want to go on and, you know, <clears throat> about, you know, the drugs and this and that. And the bottom line is he's a missing person. It's He's a missing human being. And if you would have had a flat tire on the side of the road somewhere, Brandon would have pulled up behind you and helped you change that. With traffic blowing by you or stacked up or whatever, he would have stopped and helped you or, or a lady coming out Dory to help the door open for her. That's just the kind of person Brandon was. Brandon wasn't this guy running around with warrants for his arrest and on drugs and, you know, everything else. Although to say, you know, and, but I am not trying to print a perfect picture of him either, but Brandon was a lovable, good natured, hardworking guy, a family man. And this, there's, and that's why Jason and I, we, we go back with these things we talk about with each other that, you know, he, he just wouldn't be missing on his own because it's just with his children here and everything. Come on now. You, you leave money in the bank and everything else. And you do, I mean, do you, you just come up, you just take off with somebody else and say goodbye life. Hello, new life. I don't think so. That's, that isn't the child we raised. I don't yeah. care how drugs he was on or whatever they think he was doing he had never ever 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 done anything like that that's that's just impossible and and please don't please please don't apologize please don't think like that that it's uncomfortable like if you're comfortable talking about it that's totally fine don't don't ever apologize by saying he wasn't a perfect person no one's a perfect person um I think it's even more important that we look for people who are imperfect because those are real people. There's no one out there who has gotten into trouble uh, and, and or there's no one out there who's never gotten into trouble. 
Like, who's, please show me somebody who's experienced life totally clean, clean slate, you know, and then they go to their grave and they say, I never did anything wrong, never wronged anybody. You know, it, because there's a, a, a drug element, it, it's not it's not about Brandon, you know, it's about, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a deeper thing, you know, it's a deeper issue. Uh, it doesn't speak to anyone's actual like human nature is, and, and just because someone's not perfect doesn't, doesn't mean that it like nothing is going to be pretty. We talk about true crime all the time. It's not pretty. That's why that's, that's what, that's what it is. You know, um, I just hope you know that, people like Jason and, and the the stuff that we do on our show, the people that we look for, like we, we understand that. And everybody in this chat room understands this too. And they all have you back. And, and I appreciate y'all so much. And the things that y'all do uh, is just amazing. And <clears throat> yeah, I mean, going back to that, no, Brandon, <laughs> Brandon wasn't the perfect person, but you know, it's a, it's a whole different situation too when you know here comes christmas and he's got children and and he's not here and guys like jason are going to fight every step of the way to 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 help bring him home and and the things that y'all are doing to bring awareness you know that you know i had i had uh uh the lady here um on channel five that interviewed me three years ago out at the at the park on trinity river and uh you know, for channel, for uh, channel five here in Dallas, Fort Worth area. And uh, she said that, you know, the people are always amazed by the, the interest that Brandon has. There's a lot of people that, that wonder what happened to Brandon and that's what we want to do. And, and y'all done and to help us and bring the notice that, you know, Hey, Brandon's not been found. He's still out there somewhere. He's it's, it's not, people just don't, the world's not flat. He didn't walk off the edge and just, you know, fall. He's he's still out there, and and shows like yours and the things that Jason and Lou and everybody else has done is further just example of the caring nature of people to not let this go and to try to bring Brandon home. Yeah, you're so right about that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. He is out there somewhere. He is not. He did not fall off the the face of the earth. Um and uh, and. A lot, a lot of great points in the chat room here. Uh, Shannon says that uh, one of the best indicators of what Brandon was really like is that Jason right here, Jason Watts, has spent all this time trying to find him and, and donating his own time. Um, and that that's just huge. So thank you uh, to Jason. Thank you for the chat room for pointing that out too. L- Ladessa is actually here now. That was She just uh, let me know on the phone. So I'm going to hop off my spot and give it to her. I'll pop back in whenever whoever's ready is ready. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Jason. Thank you, buddy. Also, I don't I don't know if I can make the full hour without cracking. This this might this might this might be the one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up it. J- Jason got choked up. I looked up. It was nine twelve. I'm like, really? It's only been twelve minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really it's it's hard to to keep choking down. Right. Right. <laughs> Hi, Ladessa. How are you? Good. How are y'all? Doing pretty Hi. good. Doing well. Hello, sugar. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's right there. 
<laughs> she, she's in and out of camera. <laughs> she, clearly, clearly not shy. Well, thank you so much. Every- my heart, like that really, I mean, he's told me before, but you know, it always, you know, we try to, you know, now that the kids are getting older, we're trying to represent like what we are when we were younger and we were always, I can't wait one day for the boys to like understand more and, you know, hear stuff like that. Thank you so much for uh, for spending some time with us here today, uh, Ladessa, and, and uh, we really appreciate your time. And uh, I know it, it must be a, a, a bit of a, an emotional few days here, too. Yeah, it was, but it, um, we went to Chili's last night for Brandon's birthday, and we, um, you know, got some Mexican food, and we got some candles, and, you know, the kids ate a lot, so they... I try to do something every, you know, to celebrate Brandon. So it was good. And how old are the, uh, are the kids? They're, Dustin's 14. She's, so, you know, my stepdaughter, she's 17, Mackenzie, but she lives in Joshua. So she wasn't there, unfortunately. We have a 17 year old and then 14 year old is Destiny. And then Nolan is nine. He just turned nine. And then Wenton is seven, about to be eight. So. We're all getting older just growing up so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, I was just going to uh, ask if you've got any favorite memories of Brandon. Oh, yeah, lots, lots. Um, we went camping a lot, and uh, he didn't care if it was like 100 degrees outside. He's like, pack your stuff, we're going camping. I'm like, all right, we're going <laughs> camping. But fishing and stuff like that just being outside in the nature and stuff and then um you know he would do sweet things like sometimes like you know wake up when we go camping and he's like let's watch the the sun come up and i was like okay that's nice so now you're just funny and we parent a lot the same so it was it was pretty you know easier you know in ways so we were uh, we were saying before how he just sort of had every picture you see of him. It's like a, a zest for life, and and there's a picture of him fishing. But I just remembered this picture of him with this gigantic wrench, and I remember thinking, and he's got this giant smile on his face, and he's got this wrench that's like the size of my car, and and I remember thinking like if I was there in that uniform with that wrench in what clearly is 150 degree heat. I would not be smiling. Like I would, I would actually tell someone, "Do not take my picture." Uh, what? What is the? Why was he carrying a wrench so big? By the way, uh, it was in the oil field, and it was for his job. They were off location. He was just so proud of that, you know, to show me. And I'm like, "I've never seen a wrench like It's pretty big." So, you know, because it's different when we lived in West Texas, because they had like, like you know, all kinds of different animals, and what we, you know, because it's dry, so. Really proud of it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. You talk about the English accent, and there's a there's a video of Brandon floating around out there that uh, he was out there in the uh, in the field. Matter of fact, and a gecko, a, a, well, probably a different type of lizard. It was a lot longer, and it showed Brandon. He was up on a rock, and Brandon's down by the gecko, and he goes into this Scottish accent. Oh, what are you doing today, lad? You know, and it's just, I mean, it's just so hilarious. But he, you know, and he videoed it. He's videoing his phone having this conversation with a gecko. You know, and it's just, it's too funny. 
It was a horny toad too. That yeah. Was, oh, that might have been the horny toad. Yeah. That was yeah. the horny toad. You're right. I know. We never really saw him until we moved out there, and then we would see him all the time. So he's like, and he sent me the video. He's like, "This is the coolest thing ever." I'm like, "Okay, that's good." That's amazing. <laughs> snakes, all the time of snakes. I'm like, I hate snakes. Why? Why snakes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very much ab lib. Very much. Nice. Uh, Ladessa, when did you um? You and you and Brandon went back to like high school, right? Did you do you knew you've known each other pretty much since you've had like formative memories, right? Yeah, we got together when I was 15. He was 16 and um Mackenzie was already born, so she was really young. Uh you know, um it was two. Who? Uh, it was 8 Ma- months. I'm sorry. I just got corrected. No, 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 no. Um, we got Mackenzie was born in July. We got together in September. We didn't. I didn't get to meet Mackenzie until like later on. So yeah. And um, you know, he he was always trying to holler at me, and he's like, "You don't know who I am." I was like, "Why am I supposed to?" You know, <laughs> he was just smooth. You know, he was smooth. He was smooth. So it, yeah, was it his athletic prowess? Is that why he uh, assumed you knew uh, who he was? <laughs> It's, uh, I'm not really the top person like that. I like uh, personalities. He was funny. He made me laugh. So I, I'm big about personalities. Like, let's go away. Personalities stay forever. So that's how I feel. But, and I have a big personality. So it takes somebody that has a big one to, you know. <laughs> and what, what what grade is this? You said 15 and 16. So that's. Well, I was, I was a sophomore and he. I, I I think he, he was supposed to be a junior, but I think he was a sophomore. I don't really know. He, you know, you know, we we're in high school, grew up, you know, you know, being wild and stuff. So. And and sorry to sorry to keep going on this, but the the whole scene is really uh, uh, endearing to me. You said that he would holler at you. Is this something like in the hallways, or was it like? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I don't think it mattered. It doesn't matter. <laughs> in okay. class, he would holler at her and get in trouble. It wouldn't matter. Not to uh, him, it wouldn't. <laughs> it didn't matter to him to embarrass her either. So. No, I never forget. He asked for my phone number, and I was like, I don't know you. I don't know if I should give you my phone number. And he had another girl's phone number on there. And I was like, I'm not giving you my phone number now. He's like, I don't want to be a player no more. So we used to always say that was our song. I want to. I know it was goofy, but I'll give him the number. And then, you know, and then we had lots of kids, you know. <laughs> so you also said that you went to uh, Chili's for his birthday. Is that like a favorite place, like Mexican food? Yeah, well, his favorite place is on the border, but um, where I live, it's not the best. You know when you go there sometimes so but chilies he liked chilies too so he loved he liked you know he drank every once in a while so i drank a margarita for him so and i'm on a low calorie diet so <laughs> but no it's good well uh i love chilies too um <laughs> What about the uh, the Cowboys? Uh, Bradley, you seem like a big Cowboys uh, fan. Was was Brandon a big uh, Cowboys fan too? Most definitely. Most definitely. I sit in my dad's recliner starting at three watching the Cowboys in 1964. My son very much did the same thing in 19, starting in 1990, sitting in my lap watching the Cowboys with me. So it's a, it's a family tradition. It's very much so. Yeah, we're... We're big cowboy fans, and hey, thicker thin, 
winning or losing, we're not bandwagon jumpers. We we ride the we ride the, the bad train as well as we do the good train. Right. right now, this bad train has been on the track a little bit too long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long train. <laughs> it has. It's good when it's good. Yeah. We had, yeah. a, we, we had a, a pool table and a game room in a in a, a neighborhood when Brandon was growing up. And uh, I had a pool table in there and uh, a dartboard and so on. And, I mean, he was, uh, he was an avid pool player. Uh, we would have we the in the of course the ninety two and ninety three and ninety five seasons when we lived there, that was just uh, every Sunday was a watching party at the house. So it was and he it was just uh, his childhood. Of course, then he was you know he wasn't but eight nine ten eleven when that was going on. So you know he, uh, I mean, we loved the Cowboys. We, he, Brandon loved all sports. Brandon loved the Mavericks too. I mean, he's a big. He, in in high school, when Ladessa and him met and stuff, he was he was playing basketball. And uh, Brandon was Brandon. I mean, his his calves were about the size of a football. You know, so going up and down the court, Brandon wasn't the fleetest of feet. Now he could throw the ball a country mile, but he wasn't the fastest guy in the world either. But going up and down the court. With that basketball and guys trying to get around me and his big old cast. I mean, you just can never imagine just watching Brandon going up down the basketball court, but he could cheat. He was he was a good athlete. I think before we actually went live, I'm not sure. I can't remember. You you showed a picture of you and Brandon. Yeah. Can you can you show that again and, and describe it? This is this is uh this is Brandon and I, uh their house, him and Solodessa's house in San Angelo in two thousand twelve. The last Christmas we got to have together, uh, we were watching, getting ready to watch football that that day, and uh, had this is that's that's me with the jersey on and him with the star on, and uh, we uh, they seemed like that when they when when Brandon picked up his family and left from here and went to San Angelo, that Brandon and I were always very very close. But oh man, it just seemed like we got so much closer when when he when he moved away. Him being apart from me is like that bond that's just uh, you know it's not broken, but you're you you miss something. It's it's a missing link that's in your soul that you know when you're used to seeing somebody on a on a daily basis and it switches to being, hey, we're coming down this weekend, and you know it's a four hour drive for us there and then back home and the same for them to come up here. And, uh, you know, uh, he's, it was, that picture is, is one of the last pictures we had taken. And I, I have one that when I come on with y'all the next time, I'll get a few other ones, but I had Brandon up on uh, sugar tree golf course in, uh, in, uh, outside of Weatherford, Texas, where Brandon's up on the, the, uh, the tee box and, uh, making a, taking a shot with his driver with his cousin behind him. And I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, just, that's how we bonded, you know, just the things that we did together. And then me and this girl here are, are fairly close too. she's, I've known her since she's about 14 years old and she's like a daughter to us. I mean, I mean, she is our daughter. It's not like she is to us. She's, well, our daughter. 
She's our girl. She's She has been for a long time. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. And when, uh, when Jason was on, he was talking about uh, how Brandon had kind of picked him up after some guys had given him some some flack and gave him some advice. And uh, Bradley, is that something that, that, that your family, that, that was, you know, how you were raised and then you raised Brandon that way? And did Brandon try to instill that in his kids as well? Well, sure. We, we were, uh, um, from the time I was a child, and I'm sure my dad and, you know, in our genera- in, in our family, uh, we were always taught to, to don't be the guy that throws the first punch. Don't be the guy to sit and run your mouth on somebody, but you know, we'll only take so much until, you know, it's, we, we will make a stand. And yes, Brandon was very much so like that. He didn't like seeing people pushed around and Brandon did not like bullies. And we, we never have. And, and my children, along with my brother and, and my sisters and along with my wife's family, we, we don't tolerate bullies never have. And that's that in that instance, I'm sure that's where with Jason, that Brandon, you know, that that part of the communication between them two met out. He didn't like seeing somebody done like that. And he wasn't going to stand for it. And he gave Jason that helping hand and love. Did you know that there's are people out there that never forget stuff like that? And Jason is a perfect example of a guy like that. You know, he never forgot. Somebody reached down and gave him a helping hand. And now Brandon needs a helping hand, and Jason's never forgot that. And Jason's been there, and he he is uh, very much a crusader to, to helping us find Brandon. There's uh, there's been a lot of searches lately too, and I know uh, there was one that that recently happened. Um, how, how does that? I guess um, like do do you guys do you interact with those searches? How hands on are you with those? I'm very protective over my father-in-law and, you know, cause they do have older people and they're stubborn. So they would want to, you know, but they're allowed to come out. And, um, <laughs> I made sure they, I tried to tell them to stay on the ATV and I keep telling them, you know, cause I know him and my, you know, Papa, we call him Papa. That was Brandon's grandfather and they're stubborn. So I have to just be like, y'all can come, but let's, you know, cause I just get real protective over them. And that's and my mother <laughs> my mother-in-law, she would not listen. So that's why sometimes she has to stay because she doesn't listen <laughs> sometimes. I guess so, this is the part where I pop my teeth out and say, let me tell you something, Sonny. No, no. My mother-in-law is a, that was her son, and she's a go-getter, and I would be the same way. So, you know, yeah. so, you know I'm thankful for all the community that's helped us and all these volunteers and these people that come around. And, you know, I've just met so many people that, you know, and, and you know, you get your bad on, you know, people like I get cussed out sometimes or people think that Brandon's like, this is a makeup story. And I'm like, I wish it was, you know, I wish I was, waking up, you know, and, and we didn't, I didn't know about missing person until this happened. And, you know, you see these like wow. TV shows and you're like, and then you're like, you're that, you know, it's your family member that's on there. And unfortunately, I have a lot of regret. I try to find Brandon. I still try to find him. But I was so young. I was 25 and he was 26. So I didn't know, like, about missing persons. A lot of people are not educated on this. And unless you, like, have somebody or you know somebody, you start being a part of it. And it needs to be more, 
you know, because let me tell you, what is it? Seven out of 10 adults that go missing, seven are not alive. Only those three go missing on their own. And that it's, it's crazy. Like every, what they said, every 30 minutes, somebody goes missing in a, the whole world. Like we need to like do better and, you know, and men and women and children, like we need to do better as a community. And that's how I feel like, you know, and I, you know, I have with everything that went on, like I can blame this person, that person, I can blame myself. I can blame everybody, but I was really young. I didn't know. And now that I'm older, I get more educated on like the way that we should have done it at first. And we're going to help other missing persons, families and children. And I'd like something for counseling for them or, you know, and help people because, you know, that's the only thing we can do. And Brandon loved helping people. So we, we have to do better, you know, and Brandon's always going to be remembered no matter what, if he's here or not, like every day. Believe me, I have my kids out just like him half the time. So <laughs> the loss is bad. <laughs> and they get the yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned we have to do better as a community because it really does boil down to that, right? It boils down to uh, it starts with, with what you instill in your kids, in your family, what what they go out to uh, to to instill in others the way Brandon did with Jason. Like uh, Brandon never Brandon never intended that to resonate with Jason. He he wanted to help him. Uh, but but it unintentionally resonated with somebody else, and I'm so glad you mentioned that community because that's what it, that's what it is. Now Jason's helping somebody, and someone who knows Jason's going to help somebody, and and it could be the smallest thing or it could be the biggest thing. But it's the community fabric that really needs to <laughs> tighten up. I I honestly I believe that Bront don't know who we are as a family. And they're really, you know, 75% of them are mostly retired because it's, it's kind of like where you retire, you know, there's not a lot around. And I, I think they just don't know our family and they just hear all this media and stuff like that. That honestly, I wish that they would just like make a plan to meet us and talk to us and tell them and, you know, have those conversations. Like what can we do better to make you feel comfortable, when we're, you know, trying to find someone and, you know, and it hurts me sometimes and, you know, and, my kids, but I, I try to put the emotional part when I'm talking to them to do better because at the end of the day, I could blame that, you know, we're, we're going to find Brandon and we're not going to give up until we do find him. Like until my kids know where their dad is, we're not going to give up. So, and I promise my kids that. And every day they ask me questions. We're getting older. So, you know, the girls know everything. I'm very honest. The girls know everything because they are older to understand things. The boys, they don't really know. They just know, you know, some things. And I'm starting to come more and more and tell them stuff. And, you know, but every day we pray before we eat. And, um, you know, they always pray to find their dad. Also, um, there's uh, back when uh, all this happened, I'm, I'll go back uh, four to five years ago when the help find Brandon Lawson page have been up and rolling for a while when Ladessa got that started. And unfortunately, she had to back off a lot of stuff because people evidently would not, you know, stop harassing her and stuff to a certain degree. But uh, I, I put a quote in there one time, and I've gotten a lot of responses from it, too, that, you know, you have to realize that he's got a, an eight and and nine-year-old boy. And I'm, I'm not just specifically saying about the boys because the daughters, too, don't get me wrong, but 
the eight and nine year old and then the then my daughter's two boys which are are three and eight and then uh my other son has a three and uh 10 year 11 year old and you know then we've got the nephews we've got boys that are in their age category and everything else and i wrote an art i wrote a deal on the help finding brand lawson page that you know one day uh the people in Bront will understand when more than likely these boys are going to grow up and they're going to pick up the torch because they're going to want to find their dad, their cousin, their uncle, you know, and they're not going to leave it alone because we're not leaving it alone. And they're going to come down there to Bront and they're going to want questions answered about why has he not been found and, and why didn't we do this and why didn't we do that? And sooner or later, you know, it has to, you know, be brought to attention. But yes, we, my father-in-law and I and my, my nephew and uh, my daughter and, and her boyfriend and stuff, we went down there and uh, helped on the search. As Lodessa said, we, we stayed pretty much in the ATV. My, my nephew and them, they got out and walked search with Jason and everything. But that that land out there is just horrific. I mean, if you if you ever, the next time we're there, I'll take a, I'll take a screenshot of one and send it to y'all about the terrain out there. I mean, the cacks, I mean, to walk through some of that part when Jason and them, just understand, when Jason and these guys and Ladessa and them came back out from there, they're scratched and cut up. There's cactus needles and everything. I mean, they're cut and scratched up from going through this stuff. And this is through the light stuff. There's some stuff you can't even make it through. When Brandon came up missing, this they had been in a three-year drought down in San Angelo and through that part of the country. Now they've had rain and everything else for the last couple of years and everything. And that is really grown. It's very dense out there hilly, very much mountainous and cactus and just a horrible terrain up there, rock and you know, you coming down a hill, you take a slip on a rock slide down through there and land in a bunch of cactus and you're in trouble. And you know, just to be example to, to anything and all the wild animals and stuff to, you know, we've, we've answered stuff about what could have happened to Brandon, you know, do you think this, do you think that? Well, sure. Brandon could have been bit by a rattlesnake. Brandon could have been trapped by a bunch of hogs. Brandon could have, you know, fell in a well that somebody started digging one time and didn't cover up properly. There's a rock canyon he could have fell into. There's a number of places or things that could have happened to Brandon. And, you know, we've had people at the UTA, at the UNTA uh, place in Denton, where we go every year for the Missing Persons Convention in the Fort Worth area. And, They've helped, and there's a man up there that, that's tried to map out certain parts of that area. But until you can get ground search on all that stuff, it's really a hard thing to say, you know, that you can't find him. I think that's really important to describe the terrain like you did, because a lot of people who are looking into Brandon's case, especially us, we're from the Northeast. We don't understand uh, that type of terrain. We hear desert. We hear, you know, Texas, like landlocked area. Uh, and we think wide open. We think, you know, sand and 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 dry. But to hear that, it's 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 really telling. And uh, it, it also and it, it it also like opens your mind to other other scenarios because not even with just Brandon's case but most like a lot of the missing persons cases that we look into we have a lot of community members um, who will or citizen detectives who will start to put together a story that doesn't really exist because they don't know the area like the geographic area 
and they'll say, well, why would, you know, why, why would that happen because of this? Like, well, you don't know because, <laughs> you know, someone says they're bleeding. It doesn't mean they're bleeding because they were attacked. It might mean they're bleeding because they just ran through a bunch of cactus. And, you know, so it, it does help to hear that. Yeah. So have you ever come in contact with a mesquite tree? Do you know what a mesquite tree is? Uh, no. I know mesquite barbecue sauce they is pretty put, good. They put wood in, in barbecue and stuff, but it's a tree that will grow up and, and it will it will grow up to, to uh, 14, 15 feet and have branches all over it. But it also sometimes has uh, these three-inch spines on it, which are needles, and they're thorns. I mean, they're very hard, and they will – oh, they're very painful. And also, you have to realize that when you go to talking about cactus, too, cactus has a certain degree of poison when it sticks you and, and it hurts and stuff, it don't just hurt for a minute. It hurts for a while. It's got a, it's got a degree of poison in it when, you know, that it, and so, I mean, there's so many factors in this with the heat, uh, you know, heat exhaustion. Uh, you, you don't have any water. You're, you're, you know, you're just out exposed in the area. You're talking about in a night when maybe one night during the day, it gets up to 105. And the coolest you get at night is 82 degrees. That's still pretty warm. You know, that's, that's not cool. I mean, by any means, especially if you got any kind of humidity in the air. It's, uh, you know, but, yeah, we're not going to give up. There's, uh, there's, there's other people down there that Jason is constantly trying to get in touch with and talk to. And the other thing I was going to uh, mention also is, you know, Jason went out of his way. He called Ladessa. He called me and talked to me and my wife and stuff and said, hey, look, do you mind if I do a GoFundMe deal to help Brandon get this and everything? And I said, look, I said, we're not going to be in a part of the name of this because the first thing people want to attach to this is that we're trying to get money and stuff from people. So if that's what you want to do, then you do. And Jason did that and put that money up for that guy to come down there and fly those drones over that and take all those pictures and everything. Jason did that fully on his own, and we we involved, yes, but as far as the money goes, that Jason did the GoFundMe, and that guy, is, he's just incredible. It's unbelievable. But I can't believe he can work a 40-hour job as much as he does and helps with Brandon. And he has two daughters <laughs> and a beautiful wife. He's, really, he's, really he's, he's a godsend. <laughs> yeah, he's something else. I just believe, honestly, it's just so much land, and, um, you know, I've talked to a couple of the landowners. This one guy, I'll never forget, he was like, you'll never find him all year. He's like, there's so much land. It's like a needle in a haystack, and I'll never forget he said that, but I think we could have searched so many areas. We just need to start over and search little by little, and that's what I believe. And I told Jason that. I was like, you know, it has to be foot search, and unless we pick up every rock and see, you never know, because – Unfortunately, when it rains there, it, and it, you know, it doesn't rain that much, but we've actually got a lot more rain. It, it's like play, like pace, play. So that does make me nervous, you know, and stuff like that. So, and he could be, I mean, he could be somewhere over the fence and we just go a couple feet and, and we don't know if he's out there. Like we, I mean, it's like, we don't know where, we know where to start because the 911 call was by the truck, but and then his phone was peeing, and it's just the towers out there are totally different. So, because if, if 911, if you do make a 911 call, it doesn't matter what tower or what phone you have. 
So it's 35 miles off any radius, but not the 911 call. So, you know, it's like latitude, longitude and stuff like that. So we don't really know where to start half the time just by the truck. So, but when we did that search, it didn't make me feel a lot better because I was so scared that he fell in this brush because what they did was they, they pushed, they made like a oil company, like a water transfer company. And they have all this brush and trees and they pushed it all, you know, to do that open space. But they were really nice. They let us search. They said, you know, we're welcome to search again. Such respectful men. They even came out and helped us a little bit, you know, and they told us about their life stories and, you know, it, it was, it was really good. So how many, how many searches have you uh, been a part of Ladessa? Okay. I've done when Brandon first went missing, I was by myself. I had the kids. I hollered from him all that next day, like all up and down. And then my father-in-law, he couldn't come yet. And so we had to wait everybody to come Sunday. Wait, no, Saturday night they came. Because Brandon went missing Thursday night, Friday morning. And I kept on telling everybody, I was like, something is not right. Brandon does not do that because honestly, he's mad at me, you know, he'll cool down. Or if he did, but he will always contact my father-in-law. Like even me, like he's our just our person that we contact all the time, you know, he's the one that we tell him all of our problems, poor thing, but no, just, you know, and something wasn't right. And I kept on telling the police and they were like, he ran off with another woman. He don't want to be found. So it's like, you know, I just, and of course they, they say that, you know, first and, you know, I'm like, something's not right. And, you know, so, um, Brock asked me, Ladessa, do you have one solid theory as to what happened that night? I do not. I do not. All I know is from what, when Brandon left the house, that's all I know. He, I missed his phone call. I regret that all the time. He didn't leave a voicemail. I, I try to like say it was an accident, something maybe, because I can't imagine somebody hurting Brandon. Because that, you know, that's, that's a person I love and it just, would hurt me, but you know, you have to, sometimes you have to make yourself, you know, cause I would read everybody's comments for the first two years. It was awful. Like the first two years was awful. I, I, I was working two jobs, raising kids. It, it was awful. Like I couldn't even think and I'd stay up and I, I didn't sleep for two years hardly. And I had all these messages and people were hateful. And I, I really did try to not argue with people because it upset me, but I'm not, me doing that's not going to find Brandon. Me arguing with you, taking breath out of time, and my my energy to argue with you is not going to help me find Brandon. You know what I mean? And a lot of them, they don't know what kind of people we were. They don't know what Brandon was. I mean, Brandon went missing at 26. He didn't get to be the man that, you know, he, remember from 20, I mean, 18, 21, to 25, to 30, to 35, like he didn't get those stages. Like he grow and he was 26, he was so young, you know? So we both were and, you know, I'm, honestly, um, Brandon was really good about sports. So all my kids are in sports all the time. We're, we're so busy with sports all the time. I, I try to do that he's still here too and respect him the way we would parent. And so, and they're, they're doing pretty good. So I'm, I'm happy that they're happy. Like at the end of the day, after two years, I had to wake up and be like, they lost their dad. They don't normally lose their mom because it, it was, it was pretty bad, but 
mine is I always put, you know, the kids first and the elderly first. Yeah, I'm 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 so glad that you brought that up about his age and I think people really need to see that. Like I I remember myself at 26 and I I there's no way. Like there's no way I would have like a thought of of anything like responsible and to see uh Brandon and and pictures of him with his kids at at that age and um it's it's really commendable uh, on top of trying to figure out like just how to be an adult i mean without kids right like you're 26 you're just trying to figure out how to be an adult yeah um and anyone's looking into this case you you can't use those things against him you can't say that one thing led to something else and that's the solution because seriously between the age between the ages of like 18 and 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 30 for god's sake like you're that close you're that close to something happened like Think about the things that have happened in my life, like anyone's life. One thing, one one decision that you made could have been a completely different future for you, you know, and and people need to understand that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I tell my kids sometimes, I'm like, you know, that one phone call has changed my life, you know, and, you know, it, it just feels like that. And people don't understand that. And honestly, out of all this, I'm so appreciated about things like. Honestly, I am so appreciative of people. I make sure when I talk to anybody that I love them. I say I love people, you know, that like never told me that because that's how I am now. Because you never know the difference you make in people's life. You never know, you know, the love and what people have been through. Like, you know, so you just be a better person. That's what I teach my kids. And I teach them if you're, we all go through hard stuff. Everybody has a tough life, but you got to make the best out of it. And my goal in life is not what kind of person I am or anything and what kind of mother I am. And that's just me, you know, because I want them to be more than just a story. You know, they're, they're going to have their own kids one day and they're going to, you know, tell their kids about their dad and this and stuff like that and be aware. So, you know, I believe that, you know, I don't know why this happened and I wish it never did. And sometimes I feel like I'm living a dream, you know, but I just, I wish we just, my thing is just closure of just finding him right now. Just like, you know, because it's hard. It's because, you know, birthdays, Christmas, all these things and all my, you know, my children, they're, you know, they're, you know, getting awards, sports and all that stuff. It's hard to visit to like say, you know what, my dad's, this is my dad. So this the other thing I was going to say, and that's, she was touching on what that that man asked about, you know, about Brandon that night. <clears throat> Look, none of us know. Anything we say is total speculation. We don't know what happened. We we know that we miss and we love Brandon. We can think of, of I can think of right off the hand 15 different scenarios, and I can narrow it down to three that possibly could have happened, but we don't know. Uh, I know when we showed up, that Sunday morning, the type of resistance that we were shown to looking for Brandon when we were met at the town and country store that morning, there was a pretty large group of us, and to me anyway, and uh, we were met right then by the the authority in the county, and we were let know, you know, if, if I catch you going across the fence, you will be arrested. And so that's the type of response we had for the first two to three years going through this. But, you know, needless to say, uh, we've had 
And if I get a chance to talk with you guys some other time off there and everything, I'll let you know. We had some other things come up, some other leads and that, you know, <clears throat> people think of just almost anything to get you, you know, drawn in to an equation of something that could have happened, uh, you know, from, I mean, I could, I could go on right now for three or four things that I've heard and been told, you know, but from phone calls that I've received a phone call to my, to my, uh, father-in-law the day before the, the day of Thanksgiving, I'm yes, the day of Thanksgiving from Mexico, uh, telling us, you know, if we had money that, uh, we could talk to Brandon the next day and they would call us back at one o'clock if we'd send this much money, just stuff like that. I mean, you know, the harassment that she's faced and, and been tortured with, you know, from different people and the different things that we go through as a family, you know, people, people, there's a lot of people out there that only have one thing in mind and that's, and, and that's trying to cultivate and make good off people's sorrows. And that's unfortunate, but it happens and you just have to deal with it and, just go on, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to deal with. And, you know, you really sometimes sit there, Oh, I'd really like to get my hands on that person. But then again, you just, you know, that just shows you how much beneath them you would be if you did, because they're not worth the time or effort to spend on our time and effort needs to be spent on pine and Brandon, not worrying about what everybody else thinks or does. All the naysayers can set to the side and say what they want. The people who fill the screen, I've been reading some of this. This is where the love is. This is the people that care, you know, and that's that's what that's that's what we look at. I do the other stuff. I'll read a couple of sentences. If it's negative, I'm not trying to read that anymore. I don't. I'm not. I'm not into to arguing with people. Or I'm I'm 59 and I don't have time for that. And the you know these grandkids of mine, I want them to, you know, you were saying to this perspective about you know them growing up and and saying you know how was my dad about this. I love for my I, I love to be asked those questions, you know. My my grandson, <clears throat> Brandon's oldest boy, Nolan, has 150 questions, and I want to have 150 answers to about his daddy. Was his daddy like this? Was his daddy like that? And I I know a lot of the answers. The ones that I don't, I just tell him I really don't know, and they're very mean that I don't know. But you know, and and we wanted to be you know. He loves his daddy. The little one, the the one that was, uh, he went in a year old when his daddy come out missing. You know, he, I mean, he loves his daddy too, and you know the girls, and all of his family does, and they, you know, the main goal that we all have here is to bring Brandon home. That's our goal. That's that's what we need. Closure, okay. closure, would be great. Absolutely. You know, um, Popple is a, so Popple is a Brandon's grandfather. We call him Popple. <laughs> you know, we all do. But every time he, like, we would show up for Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, he would just look at us and just have tears in his eyes because Brandon wasn't behind us or next to us. And when he looks at my son, because no one, everybody knows no one was just like Brandon, spending much just like Brandon and acts like him. And, you know, everybody gets teary-eyed when they see him, and, you know, <laughs> he said something to me one day. He's like, I don't understand why people get sad when they see me sometimes. I said, they're not sad. They're just happy. They're happy because you look so much like your dad. 
He's like, you know, so it's like, and I, I'm really protective over the family. I, I will handle a lot of the, you know, if it's true or not. And I don't, I don't tell them unless I know for sure, you know, because I have respect. And honestly, I just don't want to, I think my hopes have been so much up of finding Brandon and like this key and that key, it messes with you because, and then it, it comes out not to be a dead end, you know, so we just, you know, come together as a family and we do the best we can and, you know, that's all we can do. And, you know, every, every family member, Mrs. Brandon loves him. I have a question for you, Bradley. You said that uh, you had a dream about Brandon over his birthday and you said that it's the same dream or is it like a similar dream? And do you mind I've sharing the that? I've reoccurring dream since, since the day, since the first time that I dreamed it, that Brandon came up missing. It's, uh, I can tell you, it sounds kind of fluky and it's, it's fluky to me because I dream it, but <clears throat> it's, it's me and my father. My father is dressed in a white suit and I don't know what I'm dressed. Uh, I'm dressed, but I'm in the boat. And uh, it's a it's particular like a flat bottom boat, and we're going across a body of water, and we're going to get Brandon, and that's how the dream starts. Us in the boat, and we're going across, and that's how the dream. That's how I wake up every every year. I dream the same dream, the same dream, and one day I hope I hope I can stop having that dream. It's a, uh, it's, it's, you know, being, having a son, not a lot of people have the relationship that I have with my boys and, you know, uh, my boys, we, we spend a lot of time, uh, in the outdoors. We spend a lot of time together. Our whole family does that. And, uh, <clears throat> we, you know, Brandon was always, such a, a, a spark plug that I don't know how to put it. Brandon was, uh, like you said earlier, he finds joy in everything he does. And to not have that joy constantly around us, you know, and as Ladessa went off to say about the family, it's not just our immediate family and everything. It's our, you have to understand that for the time these children are born until even when they're grown up, they go to their mama and papa's for Christmas and Thanksgiving every year. This has happened. This isn't just once in a while. This is every year that this happens. Hey, buddy. <laughs> and so, so that these, all these children know each other. They're, they're, you know, we're, we're raised together. We're raised with them together and loving them together. Ain't no, no. And so mm -hmm. they, uh, you know, they're, they're very much attached to each other. I'm talking about from, I'm talking about from when Brandon and all them from when they were born and, and growing up. So they've done this since they were, they've done this since they were little bitty and their children were little bitty. All of us for, for 30, just like my, my family, we've been, her and I've been married December 34 years. So for 33 years, we've done this for the 34th. We're going to do it again. Even though we had this deal going on and everything with the COVID, uh, we, we, trimmed it down to where not so many people are going to be together but you know it's unfortunate but it has to be that way this year but so here's here's the two yahoos right here how's it going boys those are my boys 
<laughs> what is up? Are you, are you uh, How you doing? Uh, hi. Tell him your name. No. What's your last name? Lawson. And what's your name? Mickey. Lawson. Lawson. And I know my I'm my my name. What's an Ethan? No. See this weekend, Witten. But that's what I, I was getting at. It's our family. That yeah, that's something that they've known and said Ladessa's been a part of that and she knows how it's always we've been very, very close knit and that's you know, if anything, the other people that are joined in this family and then you reach one of your nieces, like marries her husband, and their family may not be so much that way as to say I love you is easy. But by the time they've been around us three or four years or so, they're saying I love you too because it's instilled in them. I mean, that is something that we – and it's not just the words. We feel it, you know, because we do. We love. And that's the way Brandon, Brandon loved. He, I mean, it just wasn't words that came out of his mouth. He loved you. If, if Brandon was your friend – he was your friend. And if he wasn't, he was going to try to make you his friend. And, uh, you know, that's just the way he was. And he, I mean, it was very, very unusual for, for uh, Brandon to be on odd anybody. <laughs> oh, he's got a, he's got a taste of the camera. He's got, he's got, he's caught the bug. <laughs> J- Jason Watts. Uh, Jason says that he's got a very special guest. Um, an- another very special guest um, here and uh, and I, I'm gonna drop off because he wants uh, this guest to uh, to. Do you want see me to guys. drop off? No, no. He wants he wants this guest, and we don't know who it is. He wants this guest to to talk to the Lawsons, is what he said. All right. Um, Jason asked me to say a few words, and <sighs> forgive me because I was really taken aback by your story, and I was definitely am sniffly a little bit. So I just wanted to say that you guys are amazing, and for whatever it's worth. Brandon's story was one of the first um, that really stuck with me. I've seen a lot of true crime cases. I've heard a lot of true crime cases, spoken to a lot of families, and Brandon's sticks with me. And I say that because it means something. It really does. Um, It's huge for this community when these stories stick with people. So I just wanted to give you that comfort and that it does stick with me and so many other people. And also just tell you that you guys are absolutely amazing and that, um, I mean, I'm not sure what I can teach you that you don't already know, but... I just want you to know from someone who, um, you know, hopefully is on the other side of justice now um, that it's worth it, that all of those, you know, those tears and horrible days and wonderful days and everything that comes with advocating for someone you love is a thousand percent worth it. Um, And yeah, I'm just so proud of you guys and um, congratulations on everything that you've accomplished. I know there's some new developments in there and I just wanted to say I'm rooting for you and I'm here if you need anything ever. Thank Thank you. Of course. That means a lot. Thank Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so glad. Um, And I'm honored to be the special guest because, like I said, Brandon's case has always really stuck with me. So I'm rooting for you guys, and I'm here for you. Thank you. Of course. All right, I'll let um, the host of the show get back on. Thank Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, Sarah has been fighting for justice for uh, the the disappearance of her sister. And uh, and. Actually, her father was recently uh, arrested um, in that case. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. She is uh, part of the family and uh, really an amazing, just amazing at what she did. She really broke the mold with um, having a personal connection and and doing what she did. You want to say anything you remember about your dad and that's time for bed? Hmm. You have one good memory. What was it? (laughs) My thinking. What was it? Please. When he gave me ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) You can lay down on it. It's so it's so cool to to see your boys pop on here and and know there's a this chat room of people who are here. They they don't know him. They don't know they don't know Brandon. They don't know you guys. They're here because yeah. they want to help. That's that's great. My daughter she was coming here, but she um you know had a volleyball game and she's wore out, so she's asleep. That's so. great. <laughs> they want. I coached Edgecliff Edgecliff baseball for about seven eight years. When Brandon started T-ball, I didn't have the t- mentality to, to to do the little T-ballers because I'm a little bit, you know, more up there on the on the motivation side. So I took a I, – I started coaching Mustang, which is where the nine-year-olds start pitching to, you know, their self. Not coach pitch, but the, the Mustang League where, you know, the boys pitch to each other. So I took my first team then, and, and uh, Brandon's cousin, uh, my wife's nephew – and my, well, he's my nephew too, but uh, he he was played on that team. Well, uh, three four years into that, I got Brandon, and uh, when Brandon reached that level, then I started coaching him, and uh, we won the division that year, and uh, the the uh, all stars were picked, and of course uh, Brandon had a very very outstanding year, but I wasn't very much liked in the the league because we kind of won the league every year and that year they had picked a different coach to coach the all-stars. Well, Brandon wasn't picked as an all-star and it wasn't just, it wasn't just the, the part of not getting picked an all-star that we heard the crime. It was, and it lasted more than a day. It lasted until the next baseball season, you know, different times. And, uh, you know, we don't teach spite or anything else, but, uh, but the good instance of how he was because he was he was so uh how would you say uh he wanted to win he and when that when they when that all-star team went out and in the first division all-star tournament they got in they got eliminated in the first two games and uh when we saw him the next year a couple of the boys that played on that team you know when Brandon saw him said see if you'd have had me it went all the way and so that was you know that's that was his you know he he didn't hold <laughs> he didn't hold no grudges or anything over it but you know children they they know when they're growing up and and it's it's part of society you know everybody wants to be part of that clique and part of that you know everybody wants to be wanted and everybody wants to be liked and you know the one thing i always taught taught them was that hey just just let your actions speak louder than words. Do good, play your hardest, be your best, and people are automatically going to like you. And the ones that don't, oh well, they're the ones that are the losers, not you. That's how. Uh, if anybody, you know, that's out there listening to this, you know, if you if you want to know one thing about Brandon, the one thing I can tell you is his heart was bigger than than Texas. 
When a person goes missing, their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the 501c3 nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing because he knows this feeling all too well. When Bruce's daughter Brianna disappeared in March 2004, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her. Now his mission is to provide dedicated private investigators at no cost to other families of the missing, desperate for answers but without the financial means. Private Investigations for the Missing needs your help. To read the mission statement, make a donation, and keep up with our blog, visit us at investigationsforthemissing.org and follow us at PI for the Missing on Twitter and Facebook and Investigations for the Missing on Instagram. Because forever is too long to wait.